Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. the land of sky blue waters welcome to the soda pod you should join me here alongside the state of hoppy and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening what's up man i know this feels really weird i'm looking at you right now i know we're in the same room in a studio for the first time in a while i don't like this i really i like i was just gonna say this is awesome <laughs> i like it i don't like that it's so different it i don't is, we, we got, I, I don't like change we just gotta start doing them more often that's yeah all. That's, that's more often. Yeah. Uh, how's your weekend been weekend's been pretty nothing i mean it's super super smart when they decide to stack the vikings on a saturday over the wild on a saturday so like that kind of took what could have been a full day of great tv or a good weekend and we just no had to flip back and forth kind of got bits and pieces of both yeah ksw was also on i know it, it was tough it was tough i don't <laughs> know what language you're speaking <laughs> no it's it, um this, actually this is why we need to be virtual <laughs> um i got drunk last night that was fun hosted a christmas party um roommate's birthday had uh, had a few barrel aged beers and uh, we got one on tap here today as Wait, well. So birthday party or Christmas party? It was a mix. You know, my roommate. She, she so, so when they invited people, did they say we're hosting a Christmas birthday party or a birthday Christmas party? Birthday Christmas because birthday came first. In priority or chronologically? Uh, Both. Okay. Yeah. So um, a lot of presents, a lot of food, a lot of good times, uh, polished off a nice back channel barrel age uh mm-hmm. with our boy tyler almost made him some money on ufc picks too god damn it bryce mitchell almost almost yeah. made almost, him money. almost we were one out of the nine parlay away but uh Sick next brag. time next Sick time brag next time but uh like i said speaking of barrel age beers we got one on top on tap here so let's open up with the hoppy hour in person for the first time in a while mm-hmm. set it up what do we got First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalock. To Stalock! To Stalock! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out? Here we have from Drekkerfest 8. That's right, I'm a sicko and I've been saving this since Drekkerfest 8. That would be, what, a year and three months ago? Yeah. Um just delightful from what i remember it's gonna be interesting to taste it now and see how much it may have changed but we have zoltar speaks this is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with peanut butter banana milk sugar and cacao nibs um no gimmicks unfortunately like uh, all of their cans generally have since this is a bottle but let's see here do we have oh 13.5 percent oh wow isha so uh yeah, you might be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Good thing we opened the smaller bottle today. <laughs> well, if we opened a bigger bottle, it would have been a different beer, thus a different percentage. Yeah, um, I assume you have most around <laughs> that percentage anyways. <laughs> 13 and a half is pretty high. I think yeah. I think more normal is like 11, 11. maybe 12. That's what we were sitting yeah. on last night was around 11, yeah. Yeah, so no, this one is uh, not for the faint of heart. Damn. But uh, well, Let's take a sip here. Yes, Drekkerfest 8. Oh, definitely the peanut butter notes. 
Ooh, I think it's I think it's held up. What holds up? It's definitely changed a little bit, which I kind of like. Roasty, very roasty. It is more roasty than it once was. I like it though. It was more. I mean, it's still got that richness to it, and it's obviously sweet, but it's not like smacking you with the sugar or richness, which I think it wasn't necessarily doing that before, but it was definitely heavier on the sweet, rich palate versus this being more like roasty, like roasting bourbon forward. <laughs> yeah, definitely getting more of the bourbon out of it, which makes sense that it was kind of sitting and exactly had the time to uh, mellow out that way. Honestly, but... I, I kind of like it aged for a year because uh, an extra year anyways are cellared because uh when you when you go to sniff it you get exactly what it was when you first tried it. you get more of the the sweet right and you get more like the flavor forward but then when you drink you get more of the roasty and bourbon um which like you said would naturally form anyways if it's it lasts long so i actually really enjoy this, this is awesome I'm just so into the barrel aged beers. It just, you just have to like, this is like, I can't do this every weekend. I can't go two days in a row of barrel aged beers. Cause like they're rich, the high percentage alcohol. And usually ah. I can't, usually I can't handle a bottle by myself. And that's the thing. No, that that's the key though. Right. I have some of these bottles that I've been sitting on for a while and some are in the fridge. A lot of them, if they haven't been refrigerated, I don't yeah, refrigerate yeah. them because they can sit on the shelf. Again, most beers know like, I can't preach enough any of you out there that go to total wine for beer, unless you're doing it for like McGolden, Bush light, Labatt blue. Don't go. Do not. If you're going there for like your liquors and your, your light beers, cool. Your drafts. Yeah. But do not go there for your craft beer because more often than not, the best beers are sitting on the shelf and they are ruined. Yeah. And we're, it's not, not, it's not, we're not snobs. This no. is this is fact. Well, we we've talked to plenty of our friends that represent different breweries, and they get pissed about it. Our like, friends at Lupulin, in particular, yeah, Justin <laughs> yeah. will go on rants. Which, like, I but I get it. It like if someone has a bad beer experience because it's been sitting on the it's shelf expired, for way too yeah. long, yeah. Because I mean, beers have some shelf life for sure. But when we're talking like the quality IPAs. You don't want to be going and looking and like, oh, this was packaged seven, eight months ago. Like, no, no, no. Like, I'm usually sticking way closer to like a couple months. Mm -hmm. And again, they should be refrigerated. They should not be on the shelf. And that's where Total Wine totally botches it. Um, Sad. There's a science to it, right? But with barrel aged and any kind of stout, really, as long as, you know, you have it in the bottle, you can definitely hold on to them. And there's mm. some breweries that will kind of stick their nose up at it. Like, no, you're not having the beer that we intended you to have more often than not. I'll be the weirdo that I'll get one and have it right away. And then I'll have it later yeah. or I'll have it on tap. If they have that as an option, cause that's always going to be better than having it out of the bottle. And then I'll save the bottle. But like, even going back to the the puppy day promotion that we had with Josh. Yeah. I brought two of his old beers and we were drinking those right. and he was like super jacked about it. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you guys can find that in full video interview and some really, I mean, there's puppy, talk talkie. There is puppy B roll for fuck's <laughs> sake. So I mean that, that should get that's, views that's alone. That's literally the only reason yeah. people will go to on it. our YouTube channel. Check it out. If you haven't subscribed already, the soda pod and on the front page, there's a whole playlist that's brew tube and beer check that out it's there you'll find it um yeah that was actually such a fun time 
I mean, S- sorry, Melissa. Always fun. There. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa was not happy with us. Not, I think not she was a dig at her. She was happy at not the result. Fault. She was happy at the result of the content, but uh, the timing wise, again, that was on Josh. So that was on no, hundred percent on Josh. <laughs> like she was, she had every right to be upset. Josh it's is just listening like, to this, digging his face into his palms right now. <laughs> we, we were just kind of sitting there, like, oh, she's mad. And then when we realized the, we'll say the level of communication that had happened, it's like. Huh, yeah, I'd be mad. Yeah, yeah we can empathize. <laughs> oh, but, I love uh, you guys. <laughs> great times, great times. And yes, so for those of you that haven't really gotten into the the stouts, especially the barrel-aged ones, it's definitely an acquired taste. It takes time. But if you're a whiskey drinker, like dive right in for yeah. sure. Well, but... and Shane too, and uh, another uh, few videos that we're going to be posting on the Soda Pod as well. Full videos on my personal channel, but I'll continue to pump the, pump the Soda Pod as we did a brewery tour when I was back in Canada in November. Uh, our friend Shane joined us and he, he likes whiskey. He doesn't drink a lot of hardware, but he's very much a beer guy. Um, closer to your palate, as far as like the, the IPAs go, he's, he's, in, he's in your group there for sure. But what's different between you and him is he's not a stout guy, not an Imperial stout guy at all. And funny enough, Imperial stout aged in, um, this was bourbon. It wasn't, it wasn't a rye barrel. And he, and he thought it was awesome. And he's like, this is very different, very unique. And he's like, and I don't think I could drink like a whole glass full, but you know, we all did kind of half pours and we're trying, uh, the bottle. I believe it was from a, a Seattle brewery. Again, details are in the video, but uh, yeah, it is an acquired taste. But again, even if you're not a fan of stouts or Imperial stouts, it's something different. And if you're a whiskey drinker, bourbon, rod, doesn't really matter. I, I think that you will appreciate these and, and at least like, at the very least, uh, appreciate it if you don't seek out more yourself. Well, there you have it. Man, this is awesome. I'm, I got I to gotta pace myself with this. Hmm. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Shout out to Drecker, man. Always shout out to Drecker. They do incredible stuff. Yes. I mean, again, at this point, honorary Minnesota brewery because North Dakota shouldn't be allowed to have beer that that's, that's this good. So, And it, it's just a hop. They're one of us. It's just a hop and a skip away. Yeah. It, it's not too far. Um. All right transitioning to hockey because that's been happening and it's looked very different uh minnesota wild i know we want to lead in here just give isha his piece because uh his beloved vancouver canucks forfeited a win here to the minnesota wild (laughs) forfeit is forfeited is a stretch I, i think the wild actually like very much deserved this win that was a that was a fun game to watch yes and so what i said is inaccurate how well, did they not forfeit the win? I just don't think they like they 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 served it up on a silver platter. Like it was a hard fought game, and the I Wild didn't came say out on they top. served it up on a silver I mean, platter. I said they forfeited the game. Okay, by by definition, that just means they they didn't win. They didn't win. Okay, yeah. Well, then then there you go. It's it's accurate. Um, this was it's always weird watching the Wild play Vancouver now because I'm gonna default always to root for the Vancouver Canucks, but I'm very much interested in the Wild. So it's almost like I'm watching the I'm focusing on the Wild, but like rooting for the Canucks. I mean, you know this being a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh we're, fan. we'll be talking about this later in the episode, prefacing uh, Monday's game. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess today's game as you listen. Yeah. So I was first and foremost just so impressed with the Wild, and the first thing is they were able to match Vancouver's aggression. Now, Vancouver's, if I'm not mistaken, they're like the top offensive team in the National Hockey League right now. They're so aggressive with their pace, and it's just like nonstop barrage of offense. And and if you can match that. 
Vancouver's defense has been playing damn good this year as well. And Thatcher Demko has just been out of this world. I think he's like a 96 save percentage right now. Like it's sick. It's absolutely insane. DeSmith has also played Dude, very yes. admirably. They found a backup. Well, it's also, again, putting the Pittsburgh hat on. He is a guy that if he's a backup, he usually puts up good numbers. If you expect him to split 50, 50 or anything, even remotely close to it, it's bad. Yeah. And okay. sorry, sorry, 96 in Demko's last game. Uh, he's a 93 overall in the season. I was going to say, there's yeah, no way he's 96 yeah, yeah. <laughs> overall, but I wasn't even going to get into that Correct argument without there. stats in front of me. So, um, But yeah, for a team that's just nonstop offense and sets a pace where we've seen when a, when a team faces the wild and they're just like set the pace early, sometimes the wild, <laughs> they crumble early on in games, come back in the second period and then just like run out of gas in the third. And in, in this game, despite it not being a high scoring game, it was fucking entertaining, man. So I thought that they rose to the occasion, matched Vancouver's aggression, matched Vancouver's offense. And honestly, when Vancouver had the opportunities, the defense looked good in that game. And you got to give credit to Gustafson. He played outstanding. We have to give credit to Gustafson in general. Maybe that's an easy transition for us too into the wild. Like Philip Gustafson. He's is an entirely different. So uh, let's go this route then was the start of this season the blip or is this right now a dead cat bounce shout out jeff merrick and drecker brewing i i want to say that uh that this is real right now i don't know that this is real but i think this is closer to real than what we sure, saw yeah earlier, yeah sure right uh, what he's doing right now is not sustainable by any goalie and if people set this as their expectation moving forward they're going to get pissed off for no reason, which I mean, come on, Minnesota sports. You should all be irrational. You deserve to be, um, especially with the Vikings this weekend. Yeah. But uh, the real question for me is, is this just like f unfortunate timing for Dean Evison? Is this general oh, regression yeah. or is this Heinz coming in and like changes actually being made? And uh, you I'll go even some further. credit to Heinz. You got to give some credit. But I'll go even further with all of it, right? We talk about how bad the penalty kill was, how brutal the blue line looked, how bad the goaltending numbers were. What's the catalyst that has fixed it all? Like, is it goaltending makes both of those other things look better? Or, hey, the defense actually looks better and it's helping the goalies and that's what's making it all run? Like, how did we get here? Or is it just pure random chance that, yep, he played bad and the timing just worked out that now we've got regression back to the mean. And again, people sometimes forget that regression can be positive. <laughs> what, what's the catalyst here? If I'm going to choose one, cause uh, the easy answer is a little bit, a little bit of everything, but, no, if, I'm gonna, but, but if I'm going to choose one, it's, it's goaltending when the defense know that, our last defense is capable. You're going to play with more confidence. You're going to be able to not have in the back of your head that, Oh shit. If I fuck up, you know, our goalie hasn't been playing hot and obviously yeah. you have confidence in your teammates, but I'm sorry. Like we're all human. We're all going to think that if I'm thinking it, the defensemen are thinking it right. Um, to a certain extent. And the fact that he's, he's been a wall much like he was last season. Um, I think that is just, that that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Cause flurry, if you look at flurry's numbers, they're not that great, but like in games where flurry, like stepped up, there were moments where the team caught, you know, 
caught that fire. We're, we're able to build off that a little bit. And then, you know, a bad goal from the defense goes in and it, it kind of all crumbles. And that was kind of the story of the wild early on. But I, I do think if, I, if I'm going to pick one of those options that you, that you put forth, it's yeah, man, Gus isn't coming back and being able to play like that is just, it's a huge confidence boost for the defense. And that's a catalyst for the rest of the team. And I'll be honest. Usually I try to disagree. I, I agree wholeheartedly that the goaltending has been a big difference, but the one thing I'd throw in, if I'm going to be a contrarian is looking at, and it's weird to put this much emphasis on it, but I think the penalty kill being revamped no, makes a, a big point. difference because I think for a goalie letting up all of those power play or penalty kill opportunities that gets in your head you're already off your game and kind of down on yourself. And we know how much of a mental fucking paradox these goalies can be. And I, I won't attribute it to one thing. I am going to kind of split the difference here. I think getting players back that have been successful on the penalty kill was a big thing. Yes. Yes. But also Heinz did come in and make it a more aggressive kill. And I think that was our biggest gripe throughout the start of the season. Obviously everything was going wrong. There wasn't any way to point and say, this is the thing, but a simple thing like being aggressive on the kill, not sitting back and letting teams just do what they want and clustering the middle. I think it goes a long way, especially for these goalies, because we've seen, especially for Gustafson, if you give him a clear line on the puck, he's going to stop it whenever he's expected to, mm -hmm. if we're talking from out far, but when you cluster four guys in the middle, let them work it around as much as they want and they're shooting shots through traffic that's largely your team, how many of those penalty kill goals that we allowed were literally two of our guys screening Gustafson yeah, while it came from track. the point, right? No, that's true. And everyone wants to say like, oh, you got to have that. Like, you can't see it. And again, goaltending was bad, but I wonder to what extent just getting buried every time we take a penalty gets in their heads and throws them off their game. So, so I'm with you though. Goaltending yeah. has been the big cure-all. Special teams is huge because and, and any improvement on special yeah. teams is going to be, is going to give them good morale. Cause the, like that, in my opinion, that's been the worst. If I'm going to, there's been a lot of, a lot of bad at the start of the season for a while for me, special teams. And we're talking penalty kill and power play awful. So, Hey, one of those things starting to look better, especially if it's the PK, I, I would rather the PK get better right now. And then them address that. than then the, then the penalty, then the, the power play personally. I disagree on that, but we'll move past that. Um, the other big catalyst here that has driven the success of the wild. We got to talk about Matt Boldy. He oh. is reborn. And can I just say one thing? Yeah. What? Four or five games were like where he didn't play good. And everyone was just like, what is happening to him? Blah, 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 blah. It was such a small snippet of him not playing that well i i think we may have and, and i think we're guilty of it on this podcast too i think we might have blown it out of proportion a little bit i'm still guilty then because i i'll actually defend fans on this one yes the the goal scoring drought was real and i think piling on him for that was ridiculous but after you saw how snake bitten he was and wasn't scoring you saw it start to impact other assets like pieces of his game his wires would cross yeah not even that as much. Just you were starting to see basic things where like his 200 foot game wasn't even looking as good. He wasn't doing the normal things. And it's because he was so in his own head about not being able to score and knowing like 
not only from Evison and Garen telling him, but just from him knowing the contract he just signed. And that's a lot of pressure for a young kid. You go long enough without scoring, you're going to put a lot of that pressure on yourself and you're going to be focused on the wrong things rather than just like, hey, they're going to come in eventually. And we don't know, just like we're talking about with the goalie, right? Is this something where, you know, Hines came in and that was the difference needed. Like was, was Everson a bad fit for Boldy? Was it that the team was just dysfunctional or do we blame it on the injury to start the year? Or do we have the discussion that he is a streaky player? Maybe that is the truth. Cause you look at last year, yeah. 2022, 2023, he finished the year with 31 goals. That that's no joke, especially for a kid that age. He started with like a 15 game goal drought early in the year. Is this something we need to brace ourselves for as people that are going to follow the wilds for the duration of this boldy contract where it's not even slow starter. It's just, is there going to be streaky play? Are we going to watch him go one or two months killing it? And then all of a sudden February comes around and he disappears again. We, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just prompting and, and, yeah, the question. Well, and he's only 22, so like this, these, these just could be growing pains. Totally right. That that's another option. Yeah. Uh, again, I I have no opinion on this. I genuinely don't know. There's a lot of different things that it could be. And again, this year specifically, dysfunctional team from the start. Like everyone being yeah. bad and everyone being down on themselves, that can impact your game. He had the injury. That can matter. He could truly be a streaky player. He could have been sad that Addison got traded, much like us. Well, he was bad before that, but (laughs) if anything, that works against Addison because he's been better since. So I I don't appreciate that one, which uh, maybe I I should take a second here. Wow. People got rowdy about me making a comment on Addison on Saturday. Holy crap. I missed that. So I, I threw this out as more or less a joke to just illustrate how bad Goudreau has been offensively. And I just said, uh, after uh, our boy spoke Z shared the uh, video clip of Goudreau scoring, I just quoted it and said, what if I told you that Kalen Addison had more points in his time with the wild this year than Goudreau has now? And it's because Kalen Addison in 12 games had five yeah, points yeah. and Freddie Everson, as I will continue to call him, <laughs> has now four points in 18 games. And everyone Jeez. immediately took it as Kalen Addison's not good. Uh, why are you still trying to get him back here? Like I even caveated it <laughs> in parentheticals saying Kalen Addison was not on his offensive game this year. He could have absolutely been better. I'm not trying to promote that. Oh, look how good Kalen Addison is. He's better than Freddie Goudreau. The point was, holy shit, Freddie Goudreau. Get your shit together. I don't expect you to be carrying the team offensively, but four points in 18 games played, that is not what you want from a guy that you gave uh, a hair over two million for five years. No, I'll just say it from a guy who put up over 40 points the last two years or around that 44 and 76 games in 2022. Then last year, 38 in 82 with 19 freaking goals. Yeah. I'm and, sorry. And, and put it this way. I wasn't super critical of him at the beginning of the season. Cause he has been faced. He faced some injuries yeah. early on, but now, now we can go scorched earth. If he doesn't start producing more. No, totally. And, and 
for everyone too, because some of you were just totally getting up in my shit about <laughs> Kalen Addison, which again, I posted that knowing that it was going to trigger people. I did not expect <laughs> it to trigger you to this extent. I'll be coming out with something here soon. Um, I got to find the time because we won't get into it now, but I've got some stuff going on outside of podcast life soon enough. I will put numbers together and be able to show you guys again. I am not sitting here preaching that Kalen Addison was this stud that he was so good this year that it's just mind boggling that you could ever fathom a world without him. I can admit this year wasn't awesome, but when everyone comes in and says he's a defensive liability, he sucks. It makes total sense that we got rid of him for a fifth round pick. Are you fucking kidding me? My issue is that when he got traded, he was a top three defenseman for the wild defensively. Oh, analytics don't lie. And that's not saying that he was great defensively. Yes. Everyone was bad. Like that, that that's true. A lot of people were really down, but to look at it and say, Kalen Addison's the problem, get him out of here. And in reality, everyone else was worse. Right. <laughs> and the difference is we've got the Merrills and Goligoskis who he was outperforming. And he is 22, 23 years old. They they are not getting better. He has room to grow. And everyone that thinks defensemen just come into the NHL and are immediately defensive stalwarts, it is not the case. Most defensemen take several years to really get their defensive Especially footing Especially those them. with a high ceiling projection. Again, I will always go back to Eric Carlson's first year. I swear, man, everyone was concerned in Ottawa. Year number two, holy fuck. Year number three, one of the best players. Not defensemen, players in the league. And I always point yep, back to boy. Chris Letang. He's the easy one for me where, again, they're not the same player, but they're the same profile where it's, we don't know what they're going to do defensively, but the offense is absolutely there. I think Kalen Addison's skill set isn't Latang's. I'm not even going to remotely compare him to a guy that can you compare him to Justin Schultz? <laughs> I no, mean, yeah, no, no, seriously. Like, is, is that not a good comparison? It's a reasonable ish. I know he went to college and he was a college free agent and everything, but still like he but, came in with expectations and kind of, it, it took a little bit from to marinate and then, then look what happened. But I guess the point really is he has the offensive mind. He sees the ice better than any wild defenseman does, period. End of statement. He is going to improve the power play, which has still been like, okay. Like it's definitely improved vastly on what it was to start the yeah. year. But to think that he's going to provide zero value and to think that getting a fifth round pick for him makes sense. The only way that that makes any sense is if him and Dean Evison reached a full impasse and just couldn't get along. And then look at that a couple weeks later, Evison's gone. What does he look like in the John, John Himes Heinz regime? Like, wow, that was a, I could not get words out there, <laughs> but anyone that thinks I'm sitting here trying to preach Kalen Addison as some like godsend stud. That's not what I'm saying at all. No. He brings something that no other defenseman on this lineup does. And he has a lot more time to develop and grow that game. And if he lands somewhere, because again, the Sharks are a bad team. It's not a great spot to look because he's going to get the minutes. You can't take that for no, that's just the numbers on paper. You also can't say, oh, look at how he's performed because I'm sorry, Middleton's numbers when he was in San Jose were bad. 
and he was playing with Carlson, which is yeah. super fun. <laughs> but it, it's just something where I don't think people understand that my argument isn't that Kalen Addison is untradeable and he's just so good. It's that everyone else was worse and everyone's trying to point at him and say his defensive liabilities were the problem when he was one of the better defensemen statistically while he was here and the wild were going through their shit. So all of you clearly hate him. That's totally fine. I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise, but if you come at me and say he, he was a defensive liability, he was our worst defensive defenseman. That is just factually inaccurate. There is no basis on which he was the worst defenseman. I don't think there's a way that you can convince me that he's in the bottom half of our defensemen when he was here, unless we're just literally going to go based on the height and weight chart. Right. Which like, I'm sorry, that's just a stupid way to approach it. But pivoting back to Boldy here, like this guy has been a monster. He has played so well since this change. And again, we can attribute it to Heinz. We can attribute it to just some change. We can say it's regression, but the only player that has outscored him since John Hines was hired is Austin Matthews. That's crazy. Not sure if you guys have heard of him, but he actually scores a lot of goals. He's he's kind of okay at hockey. Not only the best American goal scorer currently right now, but I would say the best goal scorer in the league right now. Best pure shooter. I wouldn't say like, I mean, yes, this year, if you're going to look at someone and say they're going to win the rocket, it's probably him that you're looking at. But I think in my lifetime, he is the best pure shooting talent. Ovi is still going to go down. No question is the best goal scorer. He can score from everywhere. That's why he can yeah. score from everywhere. He's ripping. Clap Even if it's dirty, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. If you've got one guy that's sitting like high slot and they get one wrist shot to bury at home. If you're not picking Austin Matthews, I guess we're watching different games. I don't know what else to say. Anyways, no one's arguing that right now. Let's move past it. Boldy, we really just got to figure out to the point earlier. What is he long-term? Is it to Isha's point, which like you brought up a good point. Maybe it is just, he's a young player. Kind of like I'm trying to argue for Addison, yeah. right? He's a young player. He's still working through some shit. And by the time we're talking, he's, you know, 26, 27, he could be just a stalwart stud yeah. who's got it figured out. And right now we're just seeing the growing pains and him developing as a full NHL player. It could be that he will be a streaky player until the end of time. That's possible. And it could be that everything is great. And really this year was just a microcosm of his injury and the team starting so poorly. We got to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, a, a young American who, again, to, I always remember who had a slower start who had a lot of, Who's actually streaky in his first couple of years was Ryan Kessler in Vancouver. Two, three years into, again, that core also coming together and him developing. Dude, he was a, he, he was a monster. He was an absolute monster. So it, it, I know it takes maybe a little bit more time for defensemen to marinate. And some people on the, like when they look at forwards, especially young stud like Boldy, who again, 30 goal scorer last year, have high expectations. We still have to remember that these guys, like he's, he's what, two, three seasons shy uh, from removed from college. Like th there's still a big uh, learning curve here, but <laughs> now that we switch to the defense side of things, I see no learning curve with Brock Faber, man, dude. I I'm, I'm just so worried now that 
everyone's expectations are going to get so far out of whack for this kid. That's a good problem to have, man. Man. That's a good problem to have. And so I had two hot takes coming into the year. One that's actually proven incredibly correct that Marco Rossi was going to make a bid for being a Calder finalist. Yeah, that jersey's going to be worse some Sunday. One of one. (laughs) He has not missed a beat. There has not been a bad game. Every player has like bad moments here and there in a game. He's I so don't think you can point at a single game this season and say Marco Rossi was bad. There's better and worse games, but there is not a single game where you look and say he's bad. And dude, I look at the overtimes of late. He's not even getting ice time in the three on three overtime. I don't understand why. I don't get it. Whatever. I'll leave that to Heinz. He's the coach. That's crazy to me, but he is doing everything he needs to and some I'm just so thrilled for him. The way fans were overreacting and ripping him when they gave him zero time to develop. Again, the pattern here, right? Boldy, Addison, Rossi, no patience whatsoever. None. And you know what? The Minnesota Wild have cultivated that. I don't blame fans because they've been so vanilla, stagnant forever barely make or barely miss the playoffs, losing the first round for eternity. I can see patience well, wearing thin. I and, get Ka- it. and Kaprizov comes in and dominates and they're like, all right, we got a new player come in. We, we expect mm-hmm. this now. And it's like, well, Kaprizov was the best player in arguably the second league or the second best league in the world mm-hmm. before coming over here. Right. Whereas Rossi was ripping up the AHL. Yes, but I'm sorry. Like a stud in the KHL who, who has been groomed to play North American hockey is way more valuable than, than someone who's ripping up the AHL. Let's be perfectly honest. And so the expectation is up there. Also had him by what, three or four years at least of age when he came in. So all very different, but 10 goals for Rossi though in 17 points in 28 games. Unbelievable. Unbelievable for a center too. And he's got more goals and assists. I love it, dude. It shows that he has a goal scoring ability. And if teams start to learn that and shut that down, well, again, what made him so so good as a center? His his vision, his speed, his setup ability. So like, I don't even think we've even seen close to his potential in the National Hockey League as far as a top center. Right now, we're seeing him as a great goal scoring contributor who doesn't make mistakes, and that's just that's just tip of the iceberg. I think so. I'm, I think down the road, man, two three years later, Minnesota Wild fans are gonna be like, holy fuck, man, this is one of the best picks that we've had in a long time. Yeah, and for me, it's just let the kid be. Yeah, like, calm down. Clearly, people develop differently. And oh yeah, by the way, he almost died. Like I mean, everyone exactly. forgets that. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So like, what a story, man! What a story. Like, he's gonna have a thirty for thirty on him someday. Yeah. But so back to Faber. I mean, back to back games, thirty plus minutes. I have Thank no God questions. He's young. About Thank God he's young. <laughs> My only question with him is how long before he is firmly solidified as the bona fide top defenseman for the Minnesota wild. Is he, is he not right now? Like I knew you were going to say that. I think no. And that's only because the sample size. Yeah. It is way too early to ordain him as the guy. Now I, the way I was talking about it with Z and uh, one of my buddies that was over here recently, I think within one or two seasons, if we see this continue, even if he doesn't get better, even if he just maintains exactly what he's doing, 
having no bad games, hardly any bad moments, just being a consistent, reliable defenseman, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, he's there. And to be honest, if he maintains this all of this year, we see him do the same thing in the playoffs. Should the wild find a way to get back in. And then we get through half of next season and he's doing the exact same thing. I think I'll be ready to say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but what are we praising? It is early. What are we praising him for the most right now? His defense, his defensive abilities. Dude, he's still he's on pace right now to get like forty points this year. And 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 honestly, when I think of Brock Faber, I don't even think about the offense at all. All I'm thinking of is how elite of a defenseman he is. Well, it seems how, like you're thinking about it right now. Well, yeah, but when I, you, you know <laughs> what I mean, though, when when I'm when I'm breaking down the games and I'm talking about what I'm seeing, anyways, and what's what's so. Just for lack of a better term, fucking beautiful out there is his defense. And and I I love the defensive position in hockey. So I maybe keep a little bit more of a keen eye on just like def- defensive play, even from the offensive players. I I I was I did not know he had 12 points, right? I I I even if he had five points, I would have still crowned him the top defenseman right now because he's doing his job first and foremost and that's defense the fact that he's bringing offensive flair as well now in his first season with the gophers he ended that year 27 games uh one goal 11 assists and 12 points 28 games right now in with the minnesota wild he's already there like dude this mm. is just amazing i think comparing to the gophers which everyone's no, doing like I'm, it's I'm, not compar- I'm just saying it's just a cool like i just on his first season with the gophers he's in the exact same games he's pretty much the exact same games he has with the wild like he has the same stat line right now so i mean that's just it's just so consistent <laughs> No, totally. And uh, that wasn't directed at you. Many fans are looking at it being like, look how much more offense he's generating than with the Gophers. Well, let's be real. The Gophers had a lot of guys that were offensively inclined specialists. Like he was the one that you looked at as being the most reliable defensive guy. He stepped up and filled that role to a T. He was the guy that was there to be responsible when someone else was going Rover, right? So it's just different because he's playing with a different level of talent. And that's not just, I mean, he's playing with great players. Like we're already seeing what Cooley. Well, no, I'm talking defense though. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like Jackson Lacombe has looked incredible in Anaheim, which yep. is a struggling team, right? We look at, of course, uh, Johnson over with Buffalo, like a guy that didn't even know if he had a spot and he's worked his way into the roster seamlessly. It's just something where, he is now in a spot where everyone's an NHLer and he can just play his game and it's a little bit more free and loose, especially now that he's gotten his comfort level. But I, to the point, right? I'm not worried about him, period, at all. What are we looking at long term with this blue line? I mean, actually, let's talk short term first. Faber and Middleton are clearly going to keep playing together unless something yeah. drastically changes. When we look at the second and third pairings, what what do you make of it? We've got five guys here. Bogosian, Goligoski, Hunt, Mermis, Merrill. And yes, I said those alphabetically. Oof. How do you piece this together and get by as best you can? Hopefully Spurgeon's back soon. And uh, for all we know, he'll be back tonight against the Penguins, but... If Spurgeon and Brodeen are out, how do you best navigate this? This sucks, man. <laughs> uh, like, I want to say Hunt and Mermis just because, like, again, Hunt, I just want I want to see what he has. Hunt and Mermis, what? We're talking about 2D pairs, second and third pairing. 
That's two guys. Are no, they, no. Are they so, playing so, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So that's what, like I, I would rather see them play together and get more minutes than that of Hunt playing with Merrill or Goligosi. Because Mermis for me has been solid. Like he he's I, I don't have lofty expectations, but I know his floor. Like I, I can trust Mermis out there. I have no issue with him. So I would rather see Mermis play with the the younger call up than then him play with Goligoski Mero right now, who are just making so many glaring mistakes. And I, I don't want, I don't want Hunt to be dragged down because of those, if that makes sense from, from a point of like, um, just like a, a mental side for himself and for the coaches to be like, well, this isn't working. So we're not going to give this guy any more opportunity. I do think it is tough though, to grab two young guys like that and pair them together. When Mermis, you have, Mermis isn't young, man, you have to play these guys. Okay he's young in NHL experience. Sure. But he's been a pro way longer than hunt. I'm sorry. Like sure, he's fair. 30 years old or he's yeah, he's 30, 31, right? He's up is he 31. I didn't know he was that old. I knew he was older, but point is you've got experienced NHLers. And if you, right now you have to play in our mind, both again, we'll see if John Hines comes around. I know Merrill only played like seven minutes this last game. Hopefully he sees the press box soon and like no hatred. Like, John Merrill, by all accounts, great good dude. human, man. But and when he was signed that extension, he was playing great hockey. Yeah. I liked him then. I thought the signing made sense. And obviously it's proven to be horrible. But right now he needs to sit down and realize that what he's doing is not working. I think putting Bogosian and Goligoski each with one of Merrill or, or Mermis and Hunt for the time being makes a ton of sense. And looking more long term i'm a little bit more concerned with okay how do they make the right choice on that third pairing once everyone's healthy because i think everyone knows like it's pretty cemented we're gonna have brodeen and faber we're gonna have middleton and spurgeon what's the third pairing in your mind what is the ideal i want Mermis still here um and Mermis Goligoski. Okay, well, I'm going to strongly disagree with you here in the sense he started poorly when he got here. I think since coming back from injury, Zach Bogosian has looked good. Yeah, I think no, he's a you guy a you're point. keeping in the lineup, not to mention he's got the pedigree that Bill Guerin cares about. He's played for winning teams. He's won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, sure. And let's be real, he's big. All those out there that he's hate, missing, yep. hate Addison just because he's small. Bogosian is the opposite of that. Yep. He is quite a large human. And again, he's playing better hockey now. In a perfect world, I like him out there with Mermis, even Hunt. Sure. The reality, once we're back to having to manage and navigate the cap. Mermis and Hunt are down. I think Bogosian Goligoski is the move. If you can find a way to trade Merrill, again, like. Nothing against him. At it's this just, point, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. At this point, do you just future considerations his ass just to get him out the door? No, absolutely. Obviously, if need, that's obviously what it you takes. need a dance partner. But like at this point, do you just say like we and it's like we have the young you're, defenseman coming up. Let's we, I don't think you're getting that dance partner. I think you're paying to get him out. And that doesn't mean you're giving anything crazy, but like maybe you're giving a sixth or seventh. No, the the to fifth get him out. you got for Addison. <laughs> oh my god. That. We literally traded Addison to get rid of Merrill. You know what, though? If if that's it. If that's I, what it takes. I think that that alone would have fans being like, thank you, Kalen Addison. Yes. Like they, they would have to say something yes. nice about him. Yes. Because he got Merrill out. We go, that's a YouTube video right there. We got I, I just, I just, I just think that fans would be all about it. They'd be like, 
Thank you so much for your service, Kalen Addison. Your fifth round there's, pick there's got gonna him be, out. There's going to be signs at the X Watch. Thank you, Kalen. I was like, wait, what is that for? And if we'll... there's if there's sign there and it's not one of us, I'm still thrilled. So, um, yeah, I just the reality is it's not going to be Mermis or Hunt, which is a bummer because I yeah. I like the way they've both played and I think it'd be awesome for them to have a chance. But just given the salary cap situation, you you can't no. you can't. And I know Hunt like he he's he's up he's a prospect he's up and coming but just like for a second like how, how fucking awesome do you think this is for Mermis right now who probably at the beginning of the season didn't think that there was going to be a chance that like he was going to be up with the big show like at all really and and look at him they're they're quite literally leaning on him at at points and he's been better than two of their staples in Golgoski and in Merrill so I think he's that's 29 super, by the way 20 okay one year off still the two versus the three threw me for a loop as soon as you said 30 or 31 i'm like oh my god i did not know he had no, a three yeah no he's up there right? he's been a pro for a while i'm not so. saying he's not up there i'm just saying that's what broke my yeah, yeah. brain when you said it yeah so i i just think like regardless even if he doesn't play much more in the nhl if once i get the one this year once the other defensemen get healthy i just think for him like he's probably just so fucking thrilled hey oh. getting some good money and also uh just getting that experience and it's an audition. It's either going to get him a chance with another team or 100%. I think if the wild are truly a like competitive team, I won't go as far as to say contender, but a team that's like looking to win a round, maybe you get lucky and win two. Mermis is a guy I look at as the ideal number seven. Yeah. He, he's a gamer too. Like, and again, because of the, probably the call up opportunity too, he's taking advantage of it right now. He's not, um, he's not, I mean, he's not comfortable, but he recognizes that, this might not be a long rope, but let me, let me show them that I actually deserve to be here. And I think, yeah, he's, he's been doing that. So I I've just, I've really enjoyed Mermis uh, being part of the team this year again in less ideal circumstances. Cause ideally we probably wouldn't want him to be the guy called up right now because we want the defense to be playing well and healthy, but uh, no, it's just been cool to see a little, a little sub uh, positive story there. No, for sure. Now let's talk upcoming games because uh two against z's boston bruins certainly not ideal by any stretch no. uh they have been we'll just say that uh their death has been greatly exaggerated by those who thought that simply losing Krejci and bergeron meant that they were toast holy crap have they been good but yep. let's let's talk more selfishly the game tonight as you listen against the pittsburgh penguins and i'll, I'll lead off by just letting isha rarely say something nice about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, let's just say, man, I, I, I thought college players just had elite skill. Um, this is coming from a guy who, you know, follows the Canadian junior league, WHL, a, a rough league. Um, Maddie so nice. He's got some balls, dude. He's got some balls getting the Gordie Howe hat trick in the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, dominant win <laughs> seven zero over the Pittsburgh Penguins last guy. You have to still fight to get the Gordie Howe. All right. And uh, he fought a big boy a guy. Who I believe uh, I believe Ludwig weighs like more than like 210 220. Like he's a big boy. And I would say it wasn't a long fight. It wasn't a long fight. But, uh, you know, like a couple shots in the fight went to the ground. But Nyes was the aggressor till the very end. He got the, the last couple shots uh, in. So again, very quick fight. But I didn't think that Nyes, again, and I've, I've watched Nyes last year, I've been following him a little bit this year as well, even though he's a fucking Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, go Gophers. 
they're my team now. So I'm following those guys in the NHL. Um, I was just so happy to see that he got in a fight here and got the Gordie Howe. And like I said, he's, he plays with an edge as well. And he held his own against a big guy in Ludwig. I mean, yeah, it was also a stupid fight. They, like why? I'm, but you know me though. Stupid, stupid or smart fights. If no, there's a I fight know. in the NHL, I'm, I'm, I'm swooning. <laughs> Very aware. I'm just saying, like, why is that fight happening? It was a clean hit that ended up with Gordy. an errant high stick going up. Yeah, that's totally what he was thinking about. Just dying for it. He didn't even have both the points yet. <laughs> that he said, if I get the fight, then you know, I'm, I'm gonna get an assist because yeah. we're definitely gonna score seven. Yeah, I'm one third <laughs> of the way there, baby. <laughs> um, but no, I love Matty Nice. He's awesome, I, man. He's awesome. He is the man. Like I said, I, I can praise Toronto Maple Leaf players. I just fucking hate the team and the crest that they wear. Blue Maple Leaf, white Maple Leaf has no business being in Canada. It's red, baby. Uh, just objectively speaking, it is a way better looking jersey. No comment. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Because right, you can't comment. I can't. Because exactly, you agree, but you won't. I say can't it. do it. I can't do it. Red uh, all the way, baby. Red or black? Let's go. Yeah, the the black ones have been okay. Oh, past, Canada, but... terre de nos aïeux. I have to sing in French now because friggin' Canada changing their lyrics. Could you imagine if the? Uh-huh. Could you imagine if? Like the uproar from Americans, if their government changed the national anthem lyrics, it would be absolutely, I cannot believe Yeah. So I, I refuse to sing the Canadian national anthem in English now. I will only sing it in French because the French, I can't believe I'm going to say this in Canada, are based. Anyways, continue. I will never sing it in either, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. Actually, maybe I'll sing it in Spanish. That'd be I'm fun. the only one at the X, by the way, when they play a Canadian team singing the Canadian national anthem. <laughs> Oh boy. In French too, no less. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins have been down bad. And uh, those of you that have been listening for a while know that uh, that is definitely a, a team that is near and dear to me. They've been bad, period. There's a couple of bright spots, but largely it has just been a disaster this year. And fortunately for them, the Eastern Conference is an absolute clusterfuck. There's basically two teams that are out of it. There's two or three teams riding at the top. Everyone else, it's fair game. Everyone's close enough that if you figure your shit out now, Pittsburgh Penguins still very much have a chance to be a playoff team and hell, even maybe a a loose contender. But that is still far from being the truth as it sits today. The one thing I will say, and like, I am not a biased like Crosby supporter. If anything, I will scream to the top of my lungs in defense of Evgeny Malkin because everyone's a bunch of morons. Yeah, he gets when it comes way more him. hate than Crosby, I feel it's like. It's stupid. Especially probably around the Pittsburgh market. But Sidney Crosby this year, like remove the fact that he's not like they're not poised to make the playoffs as it sits today. He is the number one heart contender. He has been the heart and soul of that team. He has played unreal and he is a guy that like, as he's sitting here at the age of 36, he is putting together a season as if it's in the peak of his career and lapping OV in points right now too, by the way. Well, he's always been able to do that, but I just think that it is an absolute shame that they can't put the pieces around him while he's still doing this to be better than maybe we'll make a wild card, yeah. right? Um, Wasn't Carlson the answer? I think that's very unfair. He's personally. doing well, though, too. 
The he's, points are there from the top guys. Just they're not putting together in the full games. Is that accurate? I think there's way more to it than that. First off, having the 30th ranked power play going Oof. like more than 30 consecutive power plays without scoring kind of did a number on them. That's not good. And yes, you can say, oh, I thought Carlson was supposed to help the power play. Well, guess what? They've pretty much been stuck in their way for the better part of 15 years with the same power play. And it was already getting stale and needed to be revamped, but then bringing him in, it's just changed a lot and players haven't quite right. acclimated. And I think him personally within the locker room and within the system, like I think he's fit in. It's not a locker room thing. I shouldn't have said that, but there's definitely a learning curve for him and for the team on how each other play and how you can best fit and mold with each other. Uh, but I have no problem with how he's played the, the disappointment, which I'm kind of, you know, it, a little bit of a surprise. Ryan Graves has not been good. He has not been what I anticipated at all, but I think Latang, Carlson and uh, Pedersen have all played spectacularly. The third pairing has been just a revolving door. Um, nothing good happening there. And the bottom six, which Kyle Dubas came in, made some pretty big changes and we can definitely blame a lot of what's going on on the Ron Hextall regime. So many mistakes made that have really put this team back. I won't even go through the list. It's, it will make me cry. Uh, but kind of like we've talked about with the Bill Guerin signings before this season, each individual contract with the exception of Petr uh, with uh, Felino, not exactly being something that we're thrilled about. We really don't have any large issue with any of the individual signings. It's that all of them happened. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about the Penguins bottom six. He brought in a lot of guys, older players. I don't hate any of the names or like what he brought in for pedigree individually, but bringing all of them in and slapping them in that spot, I very much hate. And I wasn't vocal about it to start because again, you know, give the guy a minute to work and yeah. see what's let's going see, on. See what happens. And I want to see what he does the rest of this year in making further changes. But if it stays like this, they miss the playoffs and the bottom six is this dysfunctional. No one's on the hot seat. Like he just signed a seven year deal, I think, to be the, the president of hockey operations and uh, currently holding that title alongside GM. He's safe. It's just I'm going to definitely have a different view on how optimistic I am about his reign. Cause yeah. I was super excited when they brought him in. I, I got to imagine more correction is yet to come. Uh, but my question to you, all of that being said, penguins not looking great of late. Is this the best time for the wild to be playing them or the worst time? I would say the best time, especially the wild right now, coming off a high on a little, on a little bit of a momentum kick. Now I know that they should have trounced the flames and then they won, but it wasn't, should it wasn't, it, it wasn't the best, but like if they even play like half as good as they played against Vancouver, this should be easy work, especially where the, where, where the penguins are right now. I don't think that the penguins are going to rise to the occasion for the wild. I, I don't know. I think like it would take like, it, it would take like a, uh, maybe, maybe a better team for the penguins to rise. To but the occasion it's not for. the wild that they're rising to the occasion for it's coming off of a very public hockey night in Canada, drubbing mm. seven zero getting embarrassed by Toronto. That is a less. bad bounce back to be in the crosshairs of, especially given 
where the wild have struggled a little bit more like our goaltending is great the goal scoring has still not been exactly what we want even with boldy going on an absolute tear and guess what the other bright spot for the pittsburgh penguins their goaltending has been great it started bad at the beginning of the season nowhere near as bad as the wilds but tristan jerry has been great of late shout out to the Surrey BC native. And of course you think that there's not going to be any extra motivation when the wild go into town. And it looks like we've got the makings of Mark Andre Fleury going into play there. Yeah. Don't think that the team's going to get up for that. Ooh. You don't think that Sidney Crosby wants to go in and just bury his buddy and win that matchup. I think that this is such a bad spot for the wild. Why are the wild starting Fleury? Because Gustafson's played the last four games, I think three or four. He's had, he's had a night or two off. I would, and maybe Flurry wants it. Who knows? This could be his last chance to play in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but if that's going to... I don't think if that's, that's gonna nearly... Be, if that's going to be not the best case, as you just pointed out there, why would the team do that? Well, maybe that's all the motivation Flurry needs. Maybe that's the motivation the team needs to play in front of Flurry. I don't think that Flurry is the big difference no, maker. No, no. I think it's the fact that the Penguins just got embarrassed in the most public fashion against probably the most watched team in the league who is also struggling to lose 7-0 to the Toronto Maple Leafs you're coming back with fire so that's where I see it being an issue and because looking at how good the goaltending's been for both teams both defenses being a little suspect but the offense just not quite being there neither power plays great this is has all the makings of a low scoring game. Oh yeah. It's going to, and it's whichever gonna be team, game. whichever team breaks the levy first, I think it ends up being a lopsided game either way. I think it's going to be like a four to one final. I don't know who it's going to be though. It's basically whoever takes over first is going to command this game. Yeah. And whoever, honestly, I think it'll come down to the third period. Whoever has the gas left in the tank. I think it's going to be a hard fucking. I think the first game's decided game. before the third period. Really? So okay, so we're on opposites then. Yeah. I I think it's going to be a hard fought game in the first and second. Even if it one one is up one zero, I think it, the third is going to be the decisive period. Who has more gas left in the tank? Huh? I think that's what it's going to come down to. Because it, it kind of was like that with Vancouver. They like the dude that that was such a high pace game for such a low scoring game. And when it came down to the third, the Wild just still had more, still had a little bit more. Still had juice left. So the yeah. gas left and then it went, you know, obviously went to overtime and shootout, but still. And again, at least you're fortunate that I he could be back, but I don't believe Brian Rust will be playing. And when Crosby, Gensel, and Rust have been together, they have been torching this year. Um, just but. one one quick note, like we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this just because obviously talk about the Eastern Conference, Pittsburgh, Washington, always linked. We talked about OV Crosby. Dylan Strom is leading that team in points right now. It's not by much, but good just, for him. Yeah, I just wanted to say, just shout out to fucking Dylan Strom because he drafted very, very high. A lot of people were like, oh, all his points just came from playing with McDavid and Erie. But no, man, this this guy's a top-level kid, and he didn't have the best start in Arizona. I mean, a lot of people don't. I mean, well, I can shout out to Cooley right now. I mean, he's fucking crushing it, but still. Um, found a home in Washington, and he's leading the, the team in points right now. He has 12 goals. Ovi has five. Yeah, that record yeah. might not get broken. It's, I, think, uh, I think he's on, like, what is it? it? I know it's double digits, but it's something in the teens. Goal streak. For it's a bad. Match. It's really bad. It looks old as shit. It's not good. I honestly don't think 
he took his training seriously for how old he is this summer. I think he just did his own same Ovi thing and thought his talent was going to carry him. I hope, I hope that next year is a little bit of a bounce back because he actually is like, you know what? Like I'm old enough. I want to actually get that goal. I have to fucking train in the summer and not just fucking Corona up. That's a year lost. That's a year older. That's too little too late, man. And I, I hate the capitals in like the most positive sense. Like it is a rivalry that has grown out of nowhere and it's really fun when the capitals and the penguins play. I very much wanted to see Ovechkin push for that record because like you just don't see that kind of stuff often. I have very little faith right now. You know what's even worse? Talk about regression. TJ Oshie, 21 games. Guess how many points he has? Seven. Four. Seven. <laughs> two, two goals. Look at that. So he two has assists. the same amount of points as Freddie Goudreau in more games. And he is, by all metrics, a better offensive player. So look at that, people. I, I should have compared him to Oshie, but then that would have made him look good, so it wouldn't have served my purpose. Oh, that wouldn't have worked. Oshie's got some miles there on the bend. What would, if, would, what would Wild fans warrior. like it if I said that Addison has had more points at the Wild than Oshie has with the Capitals? Be even crazier. <laughs> I, I love how some people came in, they're like, this is a wild take. I'm like, it's not a take, it's stats. Stop. Like. Me. they're like you're right okay that's that's not the right phrasing <laughs> <laughs> i did see that comment i did see that comment <laughs> that's that minnesota nice yeah you're right i'm sorry <laughs> but yeah i don't know it, it's gonna be interesting but i do think that this is like a big game for both teams just to kind of set the mark on moving forward i think it's bad if the wild managed to lose this one and then have to play two against boston yeah. that, that's not awesome and Pittsburgh, they need an answer here soon. Like it, it could be a pretty hard fought game. I, I'm excited for it, but yeah, I'm also no, like, be a good one. usually I'm like, hey, this is great. I, I'll hope for an overtime and like hope that it's like high scoring, fun Each game. Gets a point. I'm usually more like excited, like ah, either team does good. I'm happy. Again, I'm cheering for the Penguins. That's that's just yeah. who I am. Well, but, that's like me cheering for the Canucks. Yeah. Right, but. This is the first game where I'm like cringing because I'm worried that one of these teams it's going to be really it's bad get for. Fucked up, yeah. <laughs> and I just I I'm not excited about it. I mean, it looking look just looking forward quick. Yeah, they got Boston, Montreal should be easy work. Boston again. Uh, if they even just come out of points in the Boston game, I'm happy. One or the other. Red Wings harder game than people thought going um, into the season. No, because they're missing both Perron and Larkin, so that's oh, right. Perron's still on um, suspension and Larkin's out. So okay, yeah. And then the Jets back to back. That's gonna be interesting, though. They're they're I would them say the, without Kyle Connor. hurts. true. That definitely hurts the Dolphins. So they're still a hard team to play against. And then they should get easy points against the Flames again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last piece here. I know you had something you wanted to cover just more NHL wide before we wrap this yeah, up. Just a quick story here. Uh, should we get into it? So <laughs> I always try to find just some of the more wackier stories in the National Hockey League. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that provide just like the breakdowns of the games and things like that. Um, the big news stories. This is really interesting, man. Um, the NHL and NHL PA are investigating allegations of a player being untreated for hours at a hospital 
after a shot to the face. Now, Yusuf Valimaki, uh, a top defensive pick for the Calgary Flames a few years ago. Tri-City Americans fucking stud in the WHL. Yes, I still have PTSD from him. Absolutely daddying Matthew Phillips and the Victoria Royals. But I digress. Uh, he's now with the Arizona Coyotes. Glad that he got a uh, another chance because he's a very, very talented Finnish defenseman. Um, on November 14th, he took a puck to the face, puck to the mouth, a 93 mile per hour shot to the mouth. I'm watching the video right now. It's absolutely disgusting. And after arriving at the hospital, Valimaki reportedly was untreated for several hours and was even told to go back to the hotel room and return in the morning as Overworked employees were more focused on the incoming trauma patients. Valimaki was with his wife at the time and in a, a Coyotes employee at the hospital. Um, the shots to the face left him unable to function, according to the team. And he reportedly had a freaking hole in his mouth and, and started significantly internally bleeding. It took him five hours for anybody to even get to him. Upon actually getting some work done on him, he received 55 stitches. He lost three teeth and had a fractured bone um, in his face there. The doctors later later reportedly told Valimaki that if he went to the hotel and came back in the morning, he could have died due to internal bleeding. No joke. The hospital reportedly uh, originally told Valmaki he could not have surgery until two days later, but the NHLPA and fucking rights to the NHLPA here yeah. stepped in for him to have surgery in the early morning hours. And thank fucking God the Valmaki made a full recovery. Um, he sat in the ER though for an hour without care before any of this, uh, before even his face was cleaned up. He was sitting there with a bloody mess and a hole in his face for an hour. Um, he's back with the team now. Thank God wearing that Mankato bubble. And, uh, yeah, just what a crazy, like, what, what are your initial thoughts upon hearing this? Like, obviously, like if, if the, if the staff just are understaffed, like you, you can't really blame them, but at the end of the day, like, this is, this is crazy five hours and then risking his like life. I don't know. I read it. I, I couldn't believe this. The more I scrolled down in the story, I was like, this is just, this is absolutely insane. I've never heard anything like this before. I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is thank God the PA stepped in like that's just not okay that it reached a point where this was even questionable. Thank God the Coyotes like staff was with him because imagine it was just him and his wife there. Like what, what were and the English second language, you know, he's from Finland, like don't necessarily know how, I mean, I'm sure he is now that he's like kind of a regular North America playing hockey, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, English is second language. Already there's a communication barrier there. I don't know, man. It sucks. I mean, I'm glad brutal. he's back, but it's just crazy that like in a professional sport. And again, this isn't like, we're not talking professional pickleball. Like this is one of the four major sports. The fact that that could even be borderline for him to have these complications. I, it's just crazy to me. Thank a, God it worked out. I mean, is it, and this is a little tongue in cheek, but like, is it just like eye rolling, is it just ironic that's like, of course, this is happening with their uh, affiliated with the Arizona Coyote? I don't think that has anything to do with that. I don't sure. that's what I'm is it just ironic that's like with 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 everything in the last like year or so that happens with the Arizona Coyote is like, oh, yeah, if there's going to be like a crazy like outlier case here, 
that like Fox News does a freaking piece on and Fox News doesn't really cover hockey at all, that it's going to be with Arizona. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people actually trying to make that case. <laughs> but uh, like I said, glad, glad he's back. Glad he's back. And uh, yeah, other than that, there's not really much more to report. We've, we've dug a ton into the wild here. And uh, other than the World Juniors coming up, man, like we're just focusing on the wild here, focusing on the wild and hoping that the that this this little bit of positive that the positivity that we've seen the last few games continues uh, throughout the season. They get back out of the hole. Yeah. Anyone that wasn't uh, along for the ride last year following us. You're not even prepared for the full heel pivot that Isha makes with World Junior. And I know him and Z will both have plenty of coverage for you guys on all of that, but uh, it's my favorite. He's going to forget about the NHL. I mean, I might, and I'm not going to lie, guys. Like, it, it, in take hockey out of the equation, in all of sport, it is my favorite tournament. Like, Christmas has nothing on the World Juniors. I don't give a fuck about presents. I don't give a fuck about singing hymns for Jesus. I care about the World Juniors. That's all I care about. Jesus. Sorry, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I care about the world juniors. I even told all my fight friends on my, my MMA channel. I was like, it like I am gonna be in hockey mode. I am gonna be in hockey mode. Even if I'm covering a fight and there's a game on, I'm probably gonna be watching the game with, with one eye and reading the chat with one eye. And you guys are gonna be telling me what's going on with the MMA stuff because like it is oh, I'm, I'm, I'm lost of words, but no, what I love about it the most is like these guys play so aggressively and it's the most entertaining brand of hockey. I think ever like, it, like the Stanley cup playoffs obviously are an, an amazing tournament, but the juniors, it's almost like, I don't even want to say they abandoned defense. It's just like the, 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 their defense hasn't been polished enough yet where like the defensive teams are like the Austrias who are like, we just got to not get blown out like 12-0. And then there's like the Canada, U.S. and the fin and the Finns who like really just go balls to the wall. Man. I would argue that Finland and Sweden both try and bring some defense. Okay, maybe, maybe a little bit more than America and Canada, but it, yeah. it, it's all gas, no breaks. And that's why I love this tournament. It's unbelievable. Four gophers and a beaver on the USA roster. Dude, you and as a Canadian here, I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I am fucking terrified that the US are gonna trounce us this year. Per usual. What do you talk last year? We destroyed the tournament. I'm saying dude. you're terrified per usual. Oh no, last year I was fully confident that we were gonna absolutely destroy and we and we did. This year we have five You were fully confident? Oh hell yeah. Last year's yeah. USA team was better on paper than this one. They 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 did bad. They underperformed, but on paper, dude, they had Cooley and nice. <laughs> That's true. But on paper for Canada this year, we've lost five of the top. Oh, so less less about USA, more about Canada. Yeah, because USA for me, like, okay. they're always they're always going to ice a good team, right? Whereas yeah. Canada, like Bedard's not like five of their players who again they're they're top five scoring players are in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, dude, it must be awful to go from Bedard to Celebrini. I feel so horrible for you. I'm scared, man. I'm scared. I mean, Celebrini, you, you better break records, bro. You better break records. That's all I'm saying. Yep, <laughs> and then he's going to end up in Chicago. Wait, wait, can I ask you, do you think Chicago sends him? Bedard. <laughs> I, I wish you all could see Oppie's face right now. Hey, Edmonton sent Nuge. Edmonton sent Nuge his first year. Of all the stupid questions you've asked, 
Someone had to ask it. With how he is playing this year. Who gives a fuck? They're not making the playoffs. If you'd let me finish speaking. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That'd be helpful. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The one team that sent a third overall pick to play for the Canadian World Junior Team, and it literally fucked his career. Kirby Doc. He was with the Chicago Blackhawks. That injury ruined him. He was playing so well and sending him to the World Juniors ruined his Chicago career and has bled over to also not being super awesome, but it's at least better with Montreal. There is a 0.00% chance. Zero. God. It's not even worth discussing. I was was hoping you'd give me at least like a 0.00 or like a 0.01% chance. Why would Bedard even want to do that? I guess, yeah, he broke all the records last year, too. So, like, Cooley wouldn't have considered playing World Juniors this year. No, fair enough. Fair like, enough. It, like, once you've graduated, you're gone. Like, it's very rare that you do it. Like I said, Nuge got sent. That was, like, was different. Nuge, different. I just, it, it's a wild thought in general. But then being how good he is and being that Chicago lost a stud because of it. Because at the time, Kirby Doc was a stud. Make no, no mistake. Yep. yep. That there's yeah, there's no way. And if they do, I will be laughing the entire time. Now, the one argument, if you wanted to, because you're really bad at arguing and you should have thrown this out already. <laughs> they want to lose. Why not not have Bedard? That there only fuels the losing. There it is. They don't need to though, because they already know that Batman's gonna give them Celebrini regardless. So who cares? I fucking hope not, man. San Jose deserves him. San Jose deserved Bedard, in my opinion, but anybody but Chicago at this point. Fuck Chicago, dude. Fuck Chicago, dude. Fuck Chicago. Anyways, that about does it for this episode, guys. Uh, fun one. We dug into a lot of the wild, crazy NHL story, um, which, again, I just hope Valimaki uh, turns out to at least be solid in the National Hockey League. I-, I followed his entire career in the WHL, and what an absolute stud. It sucks it didn't work out in Calgary for him. Sucks he broke his freaking face with a 94 mile. This ain't kilometers for those in Canada listening. Shane, that's you. This ain't kilometers, bro. This is miles per hour. You're very loud in person. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, so hope he, uh, like I said, hope he... Hope he's all right. He's back playing. That's good. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in again. Go check us out. Go check us out on YouTube at the Soda Pod. We open up the segment with the Hoppy Hour, and you can find more beer content there. You can find clips of our podcast there, as well as some original content. And you know, I'm probably going to be throwing up some stuff for the World Juniors as well. So please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers. We are almost there. And all the loyal listeners here, for those of you who haven't subscribed yet, please go do so. We'd really appreciate it um and by the way thanks to those who tune in on google spotify apple podcast and everyone who has rate or rated and reviewed the podcast it just helps us uh well actually feeds the algorithm on those podcast apps and gets us in front of more people so if you haven't already please give us five stars give us a kind you just just comment i don't even give a shit at this point if it's a kind review just comment help the algorithm and we'd really appreciate it um yeah shout out to drecker for uh, fueling this podcast this was unbelievable as i take my last sip here i can't believe i let that last throughout the whole podcast but i was pacing myself shout out to drecker brewing and uh yeah that's it guys um we'll be back next week with another episode check us out 
throughout the week for all the other podcasts that drop mnc double a as well as judd's buds find us on youtube live and weekly with clips with that signing off, I'm Misha Jomi alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by Better Edge, 7th Avenue Pizza, Northland Vodka, and Waggle Golf. So glad I'm back in the States eating 7th Ave again, Hoppy. The special went down so easy last night, and I love it. We good, man? Gucci. Don't fear, just drink some beer, and stay wild.